Has skepticism ever crossed your mind or maybe even thought of chiropractors are almost a luxury at times? Welcome to episode number 32 of the Society Life Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Dr. Corey Cohen of Canyon Lake Chiropractic. He is also a friend of mine too. Uh, just like, well, I didn't actually post the quote in his dialogue, but there's a quote that Corey actually said in the in the podcast, and I'll read it right now. We recommend tune-ups or maintenance every four to six weeks, and people get this concept in their head that they have to continue to come see us for the rest of their lives. If you think of it like this, it's the same kind of concept as putting oil in your car. If you don't change your oil consistently, um, your body's going to break down. So this was one of the quotes that Corey, or one of the things that stood out to me the most whenever um, we were talking within the, the episode today, or the episode that I will be posting. Um, but yeah, just like the quote above from Corey if you think about going to see your chiropractor as maintenance and a tune-up for every couple of weeks or months, that is actually going to help benefit the overall health and longevity of that one person. Some of my questions, <clears throat> some of my questions I have around the subject, uh, I ha- I put in some common skepticisms because there are some things out there that I was curious about, or even some pseudoscience. And for those that don't know what pseudosciences are, that's just fake science stuff that people just come up with. So Dr. Corey, or my friend Corey Cohen, has basic, has a basic philosophy that he suggests to every one of his patients that he after treats, um, and that's to focus on, number one, their nutrition, and that doesn't matter specifically what it is, it's just focusing on whole foods and your training, and making sure you're training consistently, and once again, the training isn't anything specific, it's just we want to continue to move the body, um, and that that is something that he always suggests to all of his clients after he is done treating them, so some of them, in some circumstances, might not be able to do any of that stuff quite yet, or at least the training part, so he has steps to build up to that. On a side note, if you love what Corey is bringing to the table on this episode, and you do want to learn from him more personally, he is doing a corrective and mobility seminar at My Gym Society Fitness on Saturday, October 12th. Start time for that is 10 a.m. Members of the gym actually get to come to this for free. If you're an outside member, just email alex at crossfit62.com, and then we can put you on the list as well. Um, but yeah, it's, he, what it's going to be is it's going to be a whole entire, he did one here for maybe a year and a half ago and it was just basically a whole, um, umbrella of corrective exercises and different kind of, uh, uh, exercises to strengthen and increase range of motion and mobility <clears throat> within that individual and maybe even based on some goals. So this upcoming one kind of based around the same principles, but obviously adapting a little bit more, making it a little bit more advanced. Um, and then lastly, if you listen to our last episode about suicide prevention with Richard Robinson, um, you know how sensitive the, sub- the subject can be and just being aware of it and the people around you and reaching out to anyone in need if you need help, you could possibly even be saving a life. Uh, I mentioned in the prior episode, we did start a fundraiser with an organization to write love on her arms is what it's called. At the bottom in the dialogue or the show notes will be a donation link and you can donate if you wish. Uh, The donation link will be there until December 1st. Um, Thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Corey Cohen. Thanks. So, 
Corey, welcome to the Society Life Life Podcast. It's only been 32 episodes since I've been trying to get you on here. It's a pleasure to be here. For those that don't know, Corey was supposed to be my co-host before this thing even started, and I never got a solid answer from him. <laughs> uh, but now I have him on for 30 or for the 32nd episode, and Corey is going to share his chiropractic knowledge with you. I have some questions which I've briefed him about as, as well, but I'm going to let Corey introduce a little bit about himself and uh, what he provides value with into the world. Yeah, so we'll kind of start off with my background and how I ended up in chiropractic. So I kind of discovered my fitness journey around 15 when I was playing baseball and I was the scrawny guy on the team and I just wanted to get bigger. So I got involved in bodybuilding and I kind of just went into it blindly, not really knowing what I was doing. Just, you know, I watched the guys at the gym, how they lift. That's what I wanted to do. At 15? Mm-hmm. Weren't you working out with the team at 15? Uh, we had like the, you know, the weight class or whatever. And okay. So you were actually going to the gym outside of school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was back when I was working out at 24 hour fitness. Okay. So I did that for probably until I was about 22. Then that is when I discovered CrossFit and the way I did that, I was just on YouTube. Saw, I think Rich Froning actually. He inspired a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, that guy's huge and he's strong. I want to be able to do that. And so I got into CrossFit. But that was also my awakening when I realized how much more important recovery is and just kind of taking care of yourself because I had gone all those years of the bodybuilding type stuff without ever stretching mm-hmm. and working working out six days a week and just, you know, diet wasn't on part, on point. Recovery wasn't on point, and so when I got into CrossFit, I literally couldn't do anything. You mm-hmm. know, couldn't do overhead, couldn't do front squats, back squats. So that was kind of my enlightenment as far as the importance of recovery. Uh, so I've spent the last, you know, seven years making that my priority in my training. So I've taken that kind of philosophy of you know, the the importance of recovery and um, mobility, stability, all that type of stuff. And I apply that into chiropractic. And the way that I fell into chiropractic was that through my journey through fitness, I kind of, and I developed a passion for health and fitness and kind of realized that, or I truly believe that diet and exercise cures, treats, prevents, or manages, you know, like 80 to 90% of disease Mm -hmm. that's out there. So I wanted to go into a profession that kind of backed that philosophy. What about the quantum field? You know, maybe it is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come back to the quantum yep. field. Okay, so uh, when did, when did when you left high school, mm-hmm. did you know to yourself that I wanted to be a chiropractor? No, so I originally wanted to be an athletic trainer. I wanted to be the guy that ran out on the sports field and took care of an athlete. So that's what I initially started with and then um, I actually had a teacher in college kind of turn me off to that you know she said I wanted to be try and make it to the pros mm-hmm. and she made a remark that you know maybe only one percent make it to the pros you know the money is not that great not that money is everything but you know obviously you need to make a living so I kind of felt like for the amount of information that an athletic trainer has to do and know you know it's not you're not going to make that much, which, you know, you also have to take into consideration. 
So that kind of turned me off. Then I... Well, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Is that true? That 1% only make it and that there isn't any... It, you, you can't make yourself a profitable career with it? Um, I mean, I don't know the exact statistics, but I mean, I think it's just as hard to get in with the pro team as it is to make it to the pros. Interesting. You know, it's a small percentage. Um, and there's just, you know, so that just kind of leaves you with, you know, working for high schools, you know, maybe teaching or working with the, the universities. And, you know, I don't know exactly how much they make, but, you know, it's, you know, maybe you can make a living, but I feel like you're kind of, you get capped out. As an athletic trainer at the, at maybe like a high school or college level. Right, okay. right. There's, I don't feel like there's much room to grow. To grow once you hit that point. Right. Interesting. Okay. So turned off by that and then you decided to pivot and go towards chiropractic. Yeah. Well, so I originally wanted, and then before that I wanted to get into personal training. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I loved working out and I loved helping people get better you know, through strength and being a part of someone's growth and their change and got my certification and didn't end up doing, when, doing anything with it. You know, I applied to 24 hour fitness, um, which I'm kind of glad I didn't get a job at. Why? Hmm? Why? Just very sell, sell, sell. That's yeah. And unfortunately that's, it is how it is. And I'm not a, a salesy person like that. Yeah. I don't have the salesman type personality. Whenever I was there, that's, it's the first month that I did really good because they gave me clients to yeah. work with and then they were like, all right, Al, you got to go get it, bud. Yeah. And yeah. Then, <laughs> just not for me. Yeah. Um, and then I applied at the, this was around the time the new, well, it's not new anymore, but the rec center at UNLV when they were building the gym. I've never been there, but I've heard it. Yeah. So it was the years that they were like, it was new. It was, they were being built and I got a job there as a personal trainer mm -hmm. and still kind of the same thing. They were very like, in order for me to make money, I was going to have to sell packages. I like to think of myself as being a realist and practical and, not, you know, how am I going to sell a workout package to a college student, you know, for $500, $600? Why are they going to use that $500, $600 to pay for personal training for me when they might need that for books or, mm -hmm. you know, to live? You know, we were all broke college students at one point. Yeah, it'd be hard for college kids. You'd really have to think about how you'd want to... Uh increase the value of that or maybe even it unfortunately maybe price drop that or yeah and that, that's and hard yeah and that was just kind of the rates that it was and just did they set those rates yeah oh yeah oh, at so least from it wasn't what, even your rates yeah at least from okay. what i can remember and just in my mind like if i was a college student or back in the time when i was a college student i wasn't gonna spend that x amount of money, money. on that because you couldn't you literally couldn't right yeah i mean i couldn't either whenever i was in college for my six credits right yeah yeah and so it was kind of like I wanted to be in the health and fitness industry, but I also felt like I w worked really hard through school to even just settle for, you know, personal training. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I found chiropractic because it kind of backed my philosophy. What did you start going to school for? Uh, so kinesiology. Okay, so it was just kind of like the baseline stuff. Yeah, it's kind of okay. kinesiology. It was kind of like an umbrella degree. So most people who got that degree either went into like athletic training, mm -hmm. personal training. Um, that's what I, yeah, that's that's what I was supposed to go to school for. Physical therapy, all that, those type type of um, professions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you turned. Mm -hmm. What made you think chiropractic, though? Uh, it just kind of backed my philosophy as, you know, treating... Did you just wake up one day and it was just like, oh, chiropractic? 
Well, through my journey of health and fitness, I just became fascinated with what the body can do. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm, I don't like the idea of, you know, having to take pills to manage things. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, diet and exercise, I think can help with most of that. And I just, I just think it was kind of cool. And the quantum field. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but chiropractic's a very, you know, holistic approach to, to health Mm -hmm. and, you know, why not do that then? You know, then just keep taking medication to mm-hmm. to mask whatever's going on when you can address a cause and fix it that way. Yeah, very true. So, okay, you've gotten to this point. You're in. You decided you wanted to start doing chiropractic. Then you went back to school. Mm-hmm. And that was took you to San Jose. Yep. Yep. So once I finished UNLV in 2011, I pretty much went straight into chiropractic school. Probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Chiropractic school? Mm-hmm. Why? It's just a very rigorous program. Mm. It's it's basically it's basically med school. Did any of that that um, while you were in school and experiencing this this uh, transformation and it being very difficult, mm-hmm. were you turned off to by the thought that maybe I don't want to be a chiropractor? Kind of like how you were turned off to the idea of maybe not becoming a trainer? Oh, absolutely. There were many days where I was questioning whether I was doing the right thing. What What made you push through? Um. Well, one, I had, you know, put in the time, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want it to be all for naught. This is what I wanted to do, you know, and, you know, I got to work for it. Mm -hmm. If that's what I want, you got to work for it. Um, But yeah, it was just, I've always just, I've always just been driven work ethic fiend, you know, to hit my goals and get what I want. Mm -hmm. And um, I just had to push through. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were definitely days where, you know, I was questioning whether this is what I want to do. You know, am I going to be good at it? You know, it was just, it was a hard balance. Did you enjoy what you were doing? When I was, once I kind of got the gist of it, my my issue with, you know, growing up and all through that is I've always been very strong mm-hmm. academically and therefore I've lacked applicationally. Mm-hmm. So going through chiropractic school, I was, you know, I knew the information and I knew I did really well at taking the tests, but when it came down to practicals or, you know, having to feel changes in the the tissue tone or feeling bony landmarks, I struggled. Mm -hmm. And so that was, basically I just got, I was scared that I was, that I wasn't going to get it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just, I kept at it. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated and now Mm -hmm. you work at Canyon Hill Chiropractic here in town. Canyon Lake, neck and back. Canyon Lake. What did I say? Canyon Hill? Yeah, Canyon Hill? <laughs> Canyon Lake? <laughs> Same thing, right? Very close. Okay. So you start working for Canyon Lake. Uh-huh. Uh, you've been there for how long? Uh, it'll be four years. So in our last, so chiropractic school goes by quarters, mm-hmm. which kind of like the semesters, but it goes by 13. There's 13 quarters at the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Our very last quarter, they Basically, we go out to an office and kind of learn the inner workings of an office. Mm-hmm. And Canyon Lake is where I did mine, my my uh, preceptor. So I basically just kind of, you know, watch how they do the billing, watch how the flow works, just kind of watch the inner workings of how the business worked. More so business stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of business and, and just what it's like in the day of a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, eventually they took me on and been there ever since now before we exit this uh idea of your your or your past Mm -hmm. let us know some things that you really love about being a chiropractor 
So for me, like what drives you? So I enjoy helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know what else I would be doing if I was. I've always just pictured myself in a field that does that. But I also like being a part of people's growth mm-hmm. and people's change, you know, kind of providing them, giving them the push, but watching them do it. But I kind of get that self-gratification that I, I was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so through Cairo, there's many facets of Cairo that you can a bunch of different avenues you can go down. And so I, I took the more strength and. So you're more specific to like, let's just say strength and conditioning route of being a chiropractor versus maybe general population? Uh, Yeah, so I I enjoy working with athletes, but I I think the strength aspect and the the movement aspect, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to move well, being strong, that's the approach I take to Cairo, and that just comes from my background. Is there any part where you're you're, um, adjusting somebody or you're going through an evaluation with somebody and you ask them about how their mindset is? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a... You know, we treat a lot of athletes, mm-hmm. um, runners, bodybuilders, fighters. We treat a lot of them. And, you know, a lot of people are getting older, but they're still training in a way when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not adjusting to their right. body aging. Right. right. And so I tell most of my patients who, you know, they'll tell me, you know, I'm not healing as fast or I've never had an injury or this and that. And I tell myself or I tell them. There's a huge, and I and I experienced this too not too long ago when I was, you know, even just through my own training with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge disconnect between the mind and, you know, what the body is, right? The mind, you're going to feel, you know, you know, if you're 50, in your mind, you know, you, hopefully, you know, you only feel, you know, 30 or, you know, 35. Somewhat younger, yeah. Right, so hopefully mentally you feel you feel young. But you just got to take that step back and remember your body's not going to be able to do what it could at 30, 35. So you need to modify, you need to just modify your training. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't stop training. You just got to be smart about it. And so I'll tell patients, I'm like, yeah, there's just a huge, there's this, that disconnect. You have to be able to take a step back and remember, hey, I might need to spend a little bit more time on recovery or I may need to take an extra day off. Now, these, these patients of yours, mm-hmm. whenever they come to see you, mm-hmm. we can use athletes right now because that's who we're kind of talking about Mm -hmm. do they have their own training programs that they're making up or are they doing a training program that they had purchased from somewhere or do they have a trainer or what Uh, do you commonly see um, a lot of them are coming from those um you know like the power hour orange theory raw fitness we get a lot of crossfit um kind of those group fitness so they're they're being instructed by someone yeah what are these, who's caught, not, I shouldn't say who, but what is the main cause of these, these common commonalities that you're seeing? As far as like injuries? You can say injuries. Yeah. Why are they coming to you? Um, so just our, our, well, in first off, just our clinic has a very good reputation in the Valley as far as, far as treating athletes and just helping with sports injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just, we're, we're good at it. We are athletes. So we know the injuries that are going to occur we relate to the athletes because all the doctors in the office are athletes. So, okay. so we kind of have a soft spot and we want to, you know, get these guys back to their training as best they can, as fast as they can. Um, what was the rest of the question? What, what's commonality that you see? What are the, what, why are they coming to you? Oh, a lot of times it's just, you know, I mean, it could be random, but a lot of times it's just, you know, achiness, sharp pains. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it just comes down to, 
people aren't just they're not putting in the time for recovery that they need would you suggest that maybe because would you say a handful of them are coming from a group fitness atmosphere yeah would you suggest that the instructor of that group fitness atmosphere should be having some sort of mobility or a warm-up protocol or a cool-down protocol implemented within the training yeah and i'm sure i'm sure they are okay i'm sure they are just with just the average person's daily life mm-hmm. you know for so this all. is outside of training now well, just in, it, it all kind of ties together, you know, you know, for example, let's take, um, I don't know, let's just take a desk worker okay. or something, right? Let's say you have a desk worker, pretty active though. He's healthy, you know, he's not your typical desk worker. So he's active, works out, does some stretching, works out at a fitness program, but he's, you know, sitting eight to 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. right? That sitting is a is a is a stress to the body it's repetitive stress so you take the repetitive stress from that job plus the repetitive stress associated with working out sometimes that's just too much for the tissue to handle you know even if you're good about stretching and stuff sometimes it's just you're trying to play catch up Mm -hmm. and so it's just that's where people just have to be that much more diligent with with tissue work it's not that they're doing the wrong thing or they're not doing the right thing it's just they're not maybe doing enough, you know, and it, and you can't really define that, I mm-hmm. think, because it varies person to person. It's just kind of like you got to stretch, you got to do your mobility work, and you kind of almost just hope that it's enough, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you modify your training, you modify your work, and, you know, postures, I don't know. Right. But, but I think ultimately it's just up to that individual trying to figure out what they need specific to them to to help them feel better to kind of get them to going right. back with right with or, better or, quality or of just life. to reduce the the chance or potential of of injuring themselves okay um switching topics just a little bit and we'll kind of come back and rehash a little bit about that some skepticisms that you hear about being a chiropractor which there's a I wouldn't say there's a lot but you hear it from time to time of people saying i don't really like going to a chiropractor yeah. because of such and such what are some of the common skepticisms that you hear from people so back in chiropractic history there always was a big um big issue with like medical docs and, and chiros and we were called quacks um and i'm not gonna lie there still are some some kooky chiropractors uh, yeah. or doctors chiros i mean you know there's sure good, there are doctors too yeah there's good and bad and everything you know it's just that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and unfortunately you can have, a you know, a million good docs, but one bad one to ruin the whole reputation for a profession. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, but, yeah, there's just there's some there's some kooky stuff out there. What are some common skepticisms that you hear from people coming in? Uh, what are some weird oh, questions that you get? So probably the biggest one is, you know, people are always worried that they're going to have to come to us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know? And my response to that is what we recommend at the clinic is when people are feeling really good, you know, and they have all the tools that they need to, you know, basically help fix themselves is we suggest doing a tune-up or a maintenance treatment every four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where people kind of get this, oh, I have to go for the rest of my life type of thing. But it's, the, it's kind of the same concept as putting oil in your car, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you don't change your oil, 
um, what's the word? Every, every, consistently. Like, yeah. Consistently, yeah. right? It's going to break down the engine. Wear and tear. Wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Right? It keeps the engine working more efficiently for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. The same things with the human body. Okay. So you use this kind of dialogue or almost this kind of conversation to kind of reassure and smooth some mm-hmm. some skepticisms. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, people are going to do what they want to do. And, you know, I obviously want what's best for them. And But, yeah, I mean, getting tuned up, you know, every four to six weeks, it's just, it's just to keep people in, you know, rocking and rolling and doing what they love to do. Mm-hmm. Now, s- now, speaking of quacks, as you called it, mm-hmm. tell me some pseudoscience. So... Going back to the quantum field, <laughs> I was asking Corey about the quantum field because I've heard I've heard a lot of healing can be done within the quantum field, but it's based off of pseudoscience. Yeah, so I don't know much about that. I don't know what that is, um, but you know, if there is a you know some hard evidence to suggest it works, maybe it does. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, if it helps people, it helps people. Yeah. But it also needs to be, there needs to be hard evidence to suggest to suggesting that it, yeah. it works. Like it might have worked for like, one, like we were having a conversation before, one person, but it is not actual science behind backing the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a lot of anecdotal evidence, you know, which is just kind of basically personal experience from person to person to say, yeah, it works, mm-hmm. you know, but if it, but there may not be any like hard clinical studies that have been proven over and over again to mm-hmm. justify that it really does work. Do you hear any kind of pseudoscience stuff? Um, not much. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, and I'm still blown away with how it works because it worked for me, mm-hmm. but I don't, and it kind of, it almost put me in a different direction, Cairo. So my chiropractor here did a technique called applied kinesiology. I went to him for my allergies. Okay. So what he did was... He had little jars in his office of dif- different pollens that were more prevalent for the for the time. I put them on my rib, and he would do some manual muscle testing. Sorry, I got something in my eye here. He would do manual muscle testing, so he would like test the strength of my muscle. And, okay. if, and if I went weak or I couldn't couldn't resist him, my arm would drop. Okay. So we went through whichever pollens I was you know, I had the allergy to, and so we then. Um, so hold on, backtrack for a second. Uh-huh. He had jars in his office, mm-hmm. little like mason jars, uh, even tiny, like maybe like little vials of allergies, mm-hmm. like different dusts, different um, you know pollens from different trees, stuff that's prevalent in the valley. So what he would do is he would apply it to right underneath your rib, which would be where your liver is at on the right side, or lungs or bronchioles and all that. And then he would start respiratory. test testing your muscles mm-hmm. and how would he would not with an electrostimulator he would just have you just just press down on me yeah okay yeah he'd be like hold strong and depending on which one mm-hmm. or depending on which one was applied and your arms dropped would be the one that you have a allergic reaction to mm-hmm. yep so the way that he quote corrected it quote is i'd hold the pollen to my rib again okay he would adjust me with the activator, which for it's basically another way of adjusting. Okay. Applying the force differently. And then I went strong. So you kind of get that instant gratification of, oh, maybe it worked. What what allergy was that for oh, you? Oh, I don't know. There was, a, there was probably like five or six. And so here's the thing that tripped me out. 
for the next like five or six years, I didn't have any issues. With that particular, well, with with, with with allergies in general. Okay. Then I started to get symptoms. I was like, all right, let me go back. He did it again, and then they went away. So like the fact that I had them and then they went away, well, for me it was kind of like, oh, interesting. Do you still deal with allergies now though? Um, knock on wood, they're really. If I do, they're very mild. Because I used to be bad as a kid. Like, I had asthma as a kid, mm-hmm. um, allergies as a kid, you know. Well, what would you say worked then? Would you say it's the rubbing of the allergy on your skin that it's absorbing it? That it's, like, taking it in your body? And that's, it's like that's what I mean. How do, you, how, do you hard, how do you show hard evidence of how that's working? That's interesting. Now, does this doctor do this with everybody or just for a particular... Does he do different things for different people? Well, that's the thing with the ple- or the, with the applied kinesiology is it's it's more geared for whole body wellness. So like you know allergies, um, and this is where it kind of gets kooky. But it might they it might be able to help with certain mental disorders, ADHD, ADD, um, anxiety, depression. I don't I don't know, um, but it's more of like a general wellness. And so what it's it's interesting is, you know, the different muscles mm-hmm. where you're weak, certain muscles that are somehow correlated to whether it be, um, you know, segmental dysfunctions where, you know, where people would need to be adjusted. Certain weaknesses will show segmental dysfunction, have been correlated with certain segmental dysfunctions, certain vitamin deficiencies, mineral deficiencies. And, it, you know, so by supposedly by identifying them as a muscle is weak you can identify a deficiency somewhere interesting yeah do you apply any of that to your practice so when i so that was kind of the original direction i thought i was going to go with chiropractic uh-huh because um, i just i was mind blown yeah with that and uh so when i was in chiropractic school extra so i was in chiropractic school they don't teach that type of stuff so i had to do an outside certification sure so while i was in school i did a hundred hour certification course on it so i had to learn all the muscle testing kind of what muscles correlate to what and and uh and all that stuff but because i was in school and i never really applied it it didn't really stick yeah i think the only one i use from time to time is um i'll do some glute med testing on on people because generally it's most people's glute meds are weak yeah i would say so too what so if someone wanted to do what kind of like you're talking about from this almost sounds like a holistic approach Mm -hmm. where would you suggest them to start um so again that just goes back to my philosophy of diet and exercise okay start there you know start out exercising you know once a week twice a week just to start moving and then just fueling the body correctly mm-hmm. you know i'm not a huge fan of all the diets out there i just believe in eating whole food nutritious food and i think i think that's the place to start and then you know that's kind of the the umbrella and uh-huh. the, and then you know once you're you that becomes lifestyle then you can kind of hone in but i think just diet and exercise is the first step is the first step go back actually backtrack for me real quick back mm-hmm. to the you say the only one for the glute med mm-hmm. for when people are, are are not as strong there. Mm-hmm. What almost holistic thing do you do for that? 
Uh, and what is a glute med for people that don't know? So glute med, so you have, there's three parts of the gluteus. Everyone's probably heard of the gluteus maximus. It's your butt? Yep. Yes. Yep. So then there's two other parts to it, the glute med, glute min, gluteus medius, gluteus minimus. Both of those are more responsible for like hip rotation and just kind of overall pelvic stability. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, first we just got to identify if that muscle is strong or weak, strong or weak, right? And then basically it's just giving them corrective exercises, something super easy to do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, how, does, how does that apply to almost like the holistic approach though? Um, it's, that's a good question. It's, it's, again, I think it's, and what does that stem to? So what does that mean if they have tight or hips Mm -hmm. aren't as strong? What is that in correlation to like, let's just say the allergies or. So in that regard, I don't remember, but in our clinic, a lot of times when people's glutes aren't firing, Uh their back, it's, it's something's going on with their back. Okay. So we, we do a lot of kind of reactivating the glutes to help with lower back pain. That's, that's generally what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the first step of quality of health or quality of life, though, is in, in holistic health is, you know, most people come to our office in pain. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part is we've got to get them out of pain. And that's, I think, the first step for kind of their holistic health is get them out of pain, figuring out why they hurt, helping them to fix it. Mm-hmm giving them the things they need to do to manage it and fix it. And then, you know, maybe other lifestyle modifications to help it from keeping it from, com- from it coming back. Do you ever recommend any kind of pseudoscience to any of your patients? No, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, maybe there's some good stuff out there, but my kind of thing is, what about this allergy thing that you would take in yourself personally? Um, so I mean, sometimes I'll, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of just treating things conservatively from the get-go, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, if it's out there, so be it. Um, and I know, I know it worked for me, mm-hmm. you know. But it so might not for the, that other person. Right. Which makes it pseudoscience. Uh, it could. It could. So for me, it's more like anecdotal evidence. So, yeah. I, you know, I can tell you, like, yeah, man, you should go to this Cairo. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. But there may not be enough, like, hard evidence to say that this type of thing will actually work for this person. Right. Or, or it, hasn't just been, it hasn't been shown to work consistently um but yeah i mean sometimes people if they're telling me they're having really bad allergies or you know whatever and they they're like oh what do you think about acupuncture or acupressure mm-hmm. i'm like yeah why not you sometimes know? i hear so much bullshit about what people are doing and it doesn't ever seem like it works yeah you know i mean and at the end of the day like if it works fantastic uh-huh. if it doesn't end up working that's okay too mm-hmm. but why not go after it you know very conservatively like like acupuncture, acupressure, chiropractic, changing your diet, exercise. Why not start there as opposed to just jumping into a pill? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if it's a life or death need? Obviously, do obviously, I mean, obviously there's d- certain circumstances where, you know, a pill is, is, ne- do, yeah. is necessary, obviously. But um, even still, diet and exercise, I think, can almost... It could just help with, you know, overall quality of life. Yeah. Enhancing it. All right. So other than starting today, let's just say, with nutrition and fitness, and it can be any kind of fitness plan. It doesn't need anything specific. Right. I I think it's just important for people to move. I mean, it can be, you know, anything they enjoy doing. I just think the key to quality of life is movement. 
Okay. What else would you recommend that somebody does? Just for quality of health or quality of life, and just yeah, let's just say health. they want to increase your life span, yeah, uh, be happier, healthier, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What well, what else would you add to that? Um, trying to limit stress. How do you limit the stress? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. One. Yeah, that's not your field, right? Yeah, no, no. I just you know, it's keeping you know, just doing things that you love, things that are gonna make you happy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have a family to go home to. Spend time with them. If you like, I you know we're getting into golf. I mean, you're getting into I'm golf. I'm going to get into golf. I've been into golf for years. I'm like borderline PGA. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, get, it gets me out, and it's it's me trying to do some. It helps take my mind off whatever else I got going on. So it's just a little break from reality, and I think you need, I think you need those. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? So exercise right, eat right. And just do things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there any other things that you'd like to leave for listeners for today? Um, other than the fact that um, if you did not know, for if you're a member of the gym, they... Oh, yeah. So, so um, we're not promoting this, but not enough people know about it. Um, so, that's why we're just opening this up for Corey right now. Yeah. So, for all the members of society fitness um you know we do take at the office we do take pretty much most insurance health insurance there's a couple we don't take um you know and if someone doesn't have health insurance you know i just offer them a cash rate of 50 mm-hmm. um and that's for the members only and that and that includes all all therapies you know so we have th- the electrical muscle stimulation the heat um, we have a therapeutic ultrasound you know traction table for if anybody has disc injuries or like sciatic symptoms mm-hmm. um, that includes the adjustment I do a lot of soft tissue work um, so that that's all included in that mm-hmm. that 50 yeah so if you remember that's something to take advantage of is there anything that you want to leave people with um just just take care of yourself now you know the things we do to our bodies now are going to affect how we are later on what was that thing you told me about two and a half years was it Two years ago, so a year ago, I don't remember. I, was, I think it was when Bree was pregnant with our first kid. Um, you were saying something about I know what you said, but I want you to say it. I'll see if I remember what I said. It was. It was. My memory's not so good anymore. We were we were talking about quality of foods. I think it was a discussion that we were having whenever you were a coach here in the morning. It was like uh, talking about the quality of your foods and how expensive some foods may be, uh, versus the cheaper foods that are cheaper and less quality right now. So mm-hmm. it's like, what was that? What was that? Do you remember? Not exactly. Okay. I'll just say it then. <laughs> so <laughs> the quote that you told me was investing into your nutrition now oh. or in the future you're going to have to be investing into your health just to live. But that was more of a darker way of saying it. That's yeah, not that, what he said yeah, at all. Yeah, that was pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I treat health like an investment. So, you know, you take care of it now, you're going to pay for it less later on, whether it be, you know, finances for prescriptions and doctor visits and mm-hmm all this stuff for quality of life, you know, sad to see how many people it's, it's, they have trouble walking or getting up off a chair, or putting a jacket on or putting something on the top shelf or opening a fridge. Like mm-hmm. these are all easy things that we take for granted that if we didn't take care of ourselves early on, will be difficult mm-hmm. when we get older. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to work out and golf until I'm 90. I don't know why I came out so dark with that one, but yeah. that, 
for some reason, that's how I remember. Yeah, that's no. weird. Maybe it's a quantum field thing. You said something, and it registered in my brain is a maybe. different way. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so um, if one of the members or somebody wants to get a hold of you, mm-hmm. they obviously call Canyon Hill or Canyon Lake. I'm sorry. Canyon Lake, yeah. So they can either call Canyon Lake at um, 702-256-2225. You're the first person to get out a number. Okay. Yeah. Ask Corey. <laughs> um, any um, other ways? Uh, I have some trifolds on the desk at at the gym. Um, or I'm here at the gym three days a week and people can always talk to me directly or they can talk to you. And Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you, Corey. Thanks.